What's up, podcast fans? It is Tim Robinson here, the host of the Video Game Fury podcast. It is actually Saturday, January 6th, 2018. I'm doing this very late because this is the only time of the day I could get in <laughs> a time to record. So you'll give me a, a nice little weekend edition here as opposed to my usual Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. But alas... We're here, as always, to give you the latest in the video game news, the playthroughs, the industry talk, as well as the continuing adventures of me working in the Unity game dev space as a student. So we got that all squared to go. Let's go ahead and start the show. So this should be a pretty quick show, I hope. I tend to say that, and it ends up going longer than I thought, but uh, that's what happens when you have a lack of planning on my part, and me being sick majority of the week hasn't helped. I think I'm finally at the tail end of, uh, basically been diagnosed with, like, sinus infection and post-nasal drip, which is, a uh, always a nice fun thing to hear coming out of a doctor's office, but definitely sound better than I was last week. Uh, I couldn't go a minute, not even just not speaking with my throat <clears throat> clogging up. You can still hear a little bit there and just going into a coughing fit, but I'm all meted up. I'm getting there. Hopefully by next week I'll be fully 100% healthy back in action, but I can still do a show and entertain you guys with my raspy throat. It's what I'm here for, guys. <laughs> um, so really this week, I mean today I should say, it's very pretty light content and really more focused on playthroughs and uh, some game dev stuff that I really don't get to talk too much about because the, the news, I mean, obviously last quarter of last year, which is the holiday period, it's always going to be something big, whether it's a big release or uh, some industry discussion and, you know, the, the big topic, obviously, with loot boxes being a hot item in the latter half of, uh, latter quarter of last year, really dominated the the uh, the news circuits, uh, not just from a video game publication standpoint, but a mainstream standpoint. And so since, you know, we've kind of finished 2017, we've all done our game of the year list and takes took stock in what to look forward to in 2018. So we kind of have a little bit of a lull right now. Uh, the, the week that I've seen, I mean, yeah, there's been some little little new news tidbits every now and then, but I get the sense that uh, most industries, and especially the game industry, is just coming back into focus and getting back into the swing of things after a long holiday break. So I figured this was a good time, instead of really just focusing on the news, just really kind of talk about what I've been playing lately, what are some interesting mechanics that I've kind of enjoyed in some of the games I've played, uh, and, uh, and, so, and I've kind of made a, a promise in this year to really get more discussion in my, uh, my game dev experience as I continue to take classes and look into some game jams to do some uh, collaborations with some folks. Really want to make an emphasis on that, because I really was uh, highly inspired by the Unity class I took last spring. And I don't, want to, I don't want to lose any of that momentum. So for today's episode, folks, we're really just going to focus on Nats. The next week could be a whole different story as uh, the January releases start coming to play and uh, a lot more, I'm sure, more news will start making its way in the rounds. So we'll just have to see what happens there. So, so until that point, let's go ahead and start talking about the games. So I'm still trying to get through that 2017 backlog. I mean, no short of the continuing contents that all these big open world games provided and I figure I'd give you guys an update on that on what I'm playing as of late. First off for me, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, I'm still playing it on my Switch. 
And I did put it in the, if you heard my Game of the Year talks, I did put it as, I believe I put it as, I, I already forgot already. I think I put it as number three on my list. Uh, that's that's how sick I've been lately. And I'm like, you know, I challenged it to the point where I was like, yeah, it's a, it's fantastically beautiful game from an art direction standpoint. Uh, there's some very interesting game mechanics and like whether it's the some of the combat styles or the the cooking mechanics uh and even just from a narrative perspective it's pretty bold to see uh nintendo change a lot of the direction here but i did challenge it a little bit on some of the the kind of the emptiness of the world that uh at least some of the areas i've scored now i should paraphrase that and then add more of the fact that i still have to open up four more sections of the map uh, by that meeting, going to those uh, Sheikah Towers, I believe, where you climb all the way up, you put in your Sheikah Slate, and then you, the map gets revealed. So I, I'm get so I've gotten to a point now where I've I've opened up a couple more of those here, and very interesting, fascinating stuff going on. Um, the one section I went to, which is like the very south part of the map, as I was kind of making my way over to uh, the tower there to unveil the map. Big freaking giant dragon just starts flying across the water as I'm crossing the bridge. Um, I had no illusions to the fact that I was going to fight this guy. I only have nine hearts. My stamina wheel is just uh, a couple of circles at this point. But that guy came towards me, and I thought I mean, he didn't die by me. But next thing I know, all sorts of electric bolts were starting to fire down on me. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And well, good thing that stamina wheel got me going for a while because uh, I was still fighting some... Uh, Lizard guys, while that was going on, so so it got intense there for a second. There, uh, it was interesting. This, I'm, I'm sure there's a reason this dragon's here that I need to get into, but I just don't feel confident enough yet with my health level to challenge him. Try my <clears throat> try my best to build that up first before I do any of these harder challenges, and then I'm obviously also trying to avoid going on the internet and looking at walkthroughs with this because I I really like the I really like the sense of discovery in that at least. So, um, so really, a lot of the so really just hasn't been much too much there going on. I've really just been, you know, I've been trying to really just keep leveling up. I'm I'm still on the mend of getting to the divine beast, and still trying to. I still got to figure out the, the the Gerudo desert part that I'm doing right now. Uh, I'm just waiting for the uh, the princess to meet her in the sandstorm to be able to go in and try to take over the beast. But I figured I tried to level up a little bit more because it wasn't too. Long after I beat the Zora domain, then I went into the Gerudo Desert and did that. So, so it's grown out of me a little bit more when it comes to those weaknesses in terms of like how I feel the world's not fully fleshed out. And I figure I try to find other ways to really help me out, whether it's leveling up on the hearts and the stamina. Uh, I went back to the uh, the very beginning world uh, section of the world where you know, there were places obviously like mountains where. It was snowing, and I had to make sure I had enough elixirs to heat up. But I remember hearing that there was a recipe I could make, and when I did that, that old man in the beginning, who was basically the king of Hyrule, would uh, actually give me an amulet to protect me fully whenever I go into like a snow-capped mountain. So I wanted to get more of that stuff there uh, to really protect me, rather than having to depend on cooking elixirs over and over. So that's kind of where I am right now with Zelda. It just continues to be huge and expansive. I really hope I can continue to be wrong because that, that dragon uh, reveal to me was pretty awesome. And I, hope, and I hope that means that in other areas, especially the ones I haven't explored yet, is going to mean that there's going to be a lot more cool challenges to, to build up 
so we'll see how it goes. But uh, Zelda is, you know, it, even though it was number three game of the year for me, that you know, don't that doesn't discount for the fact that it was a, it's a bad game. I mean, it's a really great game, and it's done a lot of things that I think is going to really change the scope of future games going forward, as as usually the case for what Nintendo does. So that's where I am with Zelda right now. Uh, it's really really fun ride so far. And the next on the docket for me is Middle-Earth Shadow of War. I got this on Xbox One. Been one of those uh, big holiday games I've been wanting to get. Uh, Assassin's Creed and Wolfenstein 2 still waiting on the horizon for me to play. I've been looking forward to this one for a while because Shadow of Mordor was just an incredible game for me from a few years ago. Everyone obviously raves about the nemesis system i for one definitely was on was on that bandwagon and like a lot of people i was just very surprised that in those three years between the original game and the sequel that nobody would have would copy that system it would be it was such a revolutionary system to really build up uh, that nemesis that <clears throat> that would like just follow you and lurk with you throughout the game and just become like your mortal enemy or you know quote unquote nemesis that's hence why it's called that it was really shocking to see that it was not employed in different games I can only imagine so many ways they can incorporate that into familiar franchises but you know here we are you know 2018 now and the game came out in October last year and you know model with guys uh, developed that said yeah let's just just keep let's just keep doing it <laughs> and that's really what this game is when I've gone to it. I played I played about maybe six to eight hours at this point somewhere in that range got my way through some of the main campaign stuff been a Sithil and seeing the orcs take over and uh, some adventures of Shelob and a lot of uh, the usual stuff interrogating orcs fighting about captains trying to uh, get some of their treasures and build up my levels gotta say this thing first of all the, the leveling system is pretty impressive here uh Whenever you get a new skill point as you jump up levels, uh, you get these main skills. But then, as with the main skills, uh, you get some sub skills available after certain levels, which you can then purchase with those skill points. Probably not the most revolutionary thing, like most open world uh, progression games will, will give you. But I thought it was interesting they gave a lot more to play with for you in <clears throat> this game as opposed to the original. And I guess that's the point in making a sequel, that if you're going to stick to doing the same thing over and over again, just do a lot more of it. And I think they did a good job of really giving you a lot of flexibility in making Talion like this this, this beast of a, of a killer of orcs uh, in this game, combined with uh, his uh, his wraith buddy, Killer Brimbor. Combat-wise, I mean, it's still still gives that mesh of the Batman Arkham games and Assassin's Creed as far as like uh, stealth and assassinations but with the Arkham fighting style of like just doing like a like a like a rhythm of ballet uh, as you traverse against one enemy against another and just seamlessly continue to build up those combos never gets old for me never got old for me through three to four Batman games it certainly didn't get old for me with uh, the Shadow uh, the Middle Earth games I think for it's what's going to be interesting for me because I'm, I'm seeing it now as I've been said I've gone through a good chunk of the main campaign so far is them breaking away from the Lord of the Rings lore. I think everyone kind of tested this now who played it is that you know this is basically not your tie into Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's 
going off all different beats. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more as I continue to play through because I know it's a big game. But, you know, Shelob right away is an example of it. I mean, we know her as just a spider that uh, tried to, you know, web up Frodo in the movies and in the books there and Samwise had to save him. This uh, Shelob is starts as a spider but is actually a like a woman, a very uh, pretty but deceptive woman who's, you know, intercepted you and the, and, the new, and the new ring of power that was created. And now you're uh, going out and doing her bidding uh, while while this is going on. It's a very uh, interesting choice to really uh, deep dive into her lore and history. You can go and get some, like, Sheila memories and try to reconstruct them that show some things in the past that, you know, you didn't really remember well of what Sheila doing. It's very just interesting to what they're doing here. And I think if you... If you're not as purist about this as you are with Lord of the Rings and can go basically go with the idea that this is basically straight-up fan fiction, I think you'll still enjoy the game. I'm just intrigued by it. I'm not a purist myself. I always like different takes on different characters and, and lore. So I'm, I'm willing to go see this all the way. Uh, I think Shadow of War is doing, definitely doing that right now. More of the good same stuff there. I'm enjoying it. We'll see as I uh, continue to progress and see where it goes next. And the last thing to talk about today, just a little update on some game, game dev stuff I'm doing here for, from a student perspective. Uh, I've definitely I've continued to just continue to dive into some of the Udemy online courses. I, I actually wrapped up a paddleball game, if you remember the old Arkanoid Super Breakout games of throwing the ball on top and breaking some bricks and using the paddle to punch it back up. I got that out in the open there, uh, published it for a few folks internally. I wasn't really going to make it a wide release, just wanted to get some uh, very focused internal feedback on the work I've done. Uh, a lot of folks said that the first level is pretty hard, and uh, I kind of didn't make the notice that, you know, it's really, I mean, for compatible games today, it's really about uh, having the external mouse and being able to move that paddle, paddle as much as you can with a, with a focus. Uh, a lot of people who were playing it were just using the standard trackpad on their laptops, and it was much more difficult to uh, navigate and keep the ball up. They actually couldn't get past that first level I made for them. That I thought it was pretty easy, but I could understand <clears throat> thinking about it from a trackpad versus a external mouse perspective, I could see why it was a little, probably a lot more difficult than I imagined. So, I'm kind of curious if, there, if Unity is, has that in mind, if their documentation talks about the different ways to account for when a user is using the, the trackpad versus the external mouse. Uh, I, I still have to check that on my list and uh, see if that's something I do. But, but we'll see how that goes. For now, at least I can say I got another game out there, and it was, it was a fun time to kind of learn more about physics and colliders and you know what to do in situations when uh like a ball collides with the wall or the paddle that you want it to break you want I mean, you obviously want to keep it static and then figuring out how you want the uh uh the, the bricks to break themselves uh, i went down a route of actually like some of the bricks would be different colors and some of them would take two hits to kill or three hits to kill and uh, this was actually an experience where I had to kind of relaunch my GIMP skills for creating basic sprites. 
Uh, I had to create like a little sprite pattern of the initial brick, a brick that was kind of slightly broken, and then the brick that was like completely broken, and then using like a particle effect to demonstrate that it actually breaks. So that was so that was cool to get back there. I mean, I think it's you know some of the art aspects. I mean, I did have a minor in art, so it'd be kind of nice to kind of go back and to re uh, kind of bring that bring up that creative side of my brain again uh, using an art tool. Uh, I know a lot of people use Blender, uh, including Photoshop too, to create a lot of the the object assets that they grab want to put it for the game if they're not using the asset store to do it. But for now, I'm continuing to plot along here. Went onto the Unity site and started to do more tutorials, doing like a little rollable type of game where it's just a 3D game of here's a ball in the middle. We're going to use the uh, the keys to navigate, collect objects around the, the the map. It's really not supposed to be like a game game per se. It's just more we want to understand physics, we want to understand collisions and how to react when uh, certain events get triggered. So it's, it's it's my continuing journey to understand physics a little bit more. But the cool thing that I would definitely want to keep in you guys' radar is that I've signed up for my first game jam, which is literally what it's called, my first game jam, or my first winter game jam is actually what I think it's called. Uh, something just I think it's just that.com, but... You know, I've been wanting to do a game jam for a while. I know there's a big one coming up at the end of January that a lot of the, the world is going to be doing together for over a uh, certain weekend for 48 hours. I kind of looked at it and said, you know, I'd rather... I mean, it's good to do stuff in person. It kind of forces you to stick to a deadline and collaborate with other folks, but I can't make feel still like I just need to get more of a, of a comfort level here. And, uh, I, 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 and of course, I want to keep some of my weekend time with my family, too. So I think uh, as much as this global game jam is, uh, is a way to go and really pump up my, uh, my experience and, and education, I think I'm going to pass this year at least and do more of the online game jamming stuff, hence the MyFirstWinterGameJam.com stuff that I'll be doing uh, over the course of the next two weeks. And I'd love to uh, get your feedback on what is the kind of game that you're interested in you'd like to see me build for this game jam. Um, again, it's the, the idea of a game jam is just make a game within a certain time frame. In this case, it's two weeks between... January 5th to the 20th, the 20th being the last day to actually submit your game to them online uh, and get the, the feedback that, that, you're, <clears throat> that you're intending to get. Excuse me there. And they do have an optional theme for it that they said you could use as a guide to get it going. The theme here is actually memories. So I'm thinking probably like, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of ways to go about memories. You could say like, you know, having memories of what it's like in your childhood or, you know, I was even thinking of something along the lines of memory problems because uh, as I've documented on my last few podcasts, I talked about Hellblades said it was sacrifice. Uh, mental health was very prominent in there and, and, and it affected me personally too with uh, uh, the loss of a family member, uh, in this case, my dad. So, <clears throat> excuse me again. I may explore something like that, whether probably maybe in like a platform setting or uh, like a like a visual novel setting or something. Uh, I'm not quite sure where genre-wise uh, I'm thinking of doing this. Uh, I definitely, it's definitely going to be like a like a standard laptop or desktop game on the computer, 
and potentially probably just 2D, keep it simple for me to, for the purposes of getting this done in two weeks. And just so you guys know, I mean, just these, these things don't have to be super extensive. Uh, they, they just want you to at least get one good finished level to kind of just prove the concept of what you're doing. They just want to see can you actually complete uh, within that time frame. So the scope definitely has to be limited. I'm not going out there making Horizon Zero Dawn, if that's what you guys think I'm doing, as much as that may be uh, a nice dream to have. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite there yet. So let me know what you guys think. Uh, you can leave a call on the Anchor app. You can respond to me on the Facebook page. Uh, I'd even, uh, I haven't mentioned my email just in a while, uh, tim at videogamefury.com. If you want to send me some ideas or feedback of what could be a game that you possibly want to see that uh, talks about memories as a theme, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. It will definitely uh, fuel the creative part of me going and hopefully uh, come up with something good by the time the deadline comes up in a couple of weeks. All right, folks, that'll do it for today. Thank you for your time and on this late evening and hopefully... Uh, throughout whatever you're listening to this, whether it's on the Anchor app or on your podcast feed. I appreciate the time. You get to hear this here in my raspy voice. It's always a pleasure to hear that on the air, right? We'll we'll be back uh, on Monday, hopefully with a a better voice by then, but uh, wanted to get that out there while we had a little bit of lack of news in terms of what I'm doing from a playing game and making game standpoint. So you know where to reach me. Here on the Anchor app, if you want to leave a call in, Facebook page at facebook.com slash videogamefury79 is another place too, or you can email me at tim at videogamefury.com. Thanks again, folks. We'll talk soon. Until then, enjoy your games.